Let's continue reading Joshua chapter 19. Now in this chapter, we have boundaries given for the remaining six tribes of Israel. Simeon, Zebulun, Issachar, Asher, Naphtali, and Dan. This completed the dividing up of the land of Canaan among the 12 tribes for the establishment in the land. Now once again, we'll not read the whole chapter because of all the boundaries and cities listed. In verses 1 through 9, we have the allotment for the tribe of Simeon. Verse 1, the second lot came out for Simeon, for the tribe of the children of Simeon, according to their families, and their inheritance was within the inheritance of the children of Judah. So when you look at your Bible maps for the territory of Simeon, you will not find it, because they were only given cities within the tribal territory of Judah. Now in verses 10 through 16, we have the boundaries for the territory of Zebulun. Verse 10, the third lot came out for the children of Zebulun according to their families, and the border of their inheritance was as far as Sarid. The Bethlehem of verse 15, by the way, would not be the Bethlehem of Judah, where our Lord was born. However, the territory of Zebulun would include Nazareth, where our Lord grew up as a boy. Now, from verses 17 through verse 23, we trace the boundaries for the tribe of Issachar. Verse 17, the fourth lot came out to Issachar for the children of Issachar, according to their families. And verse 23, this was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Issachar, according to their families, the cities, and their villages. Issachar's territory included part of the plain of Jezreel, where the final battle of Armageddon will take place according to Revelation chapter 16. The boundaries for the tribe of Asher are given in verses 24 through 31. Verse 24, the fifth lot came out for the tribe of the children of Asher according to their families. Notice from verse 26 that Asher's territory included Mount Carmel, where Elijah would defeat the prophets of Baal years later. Remember also that the godly prophetess Anna of Luke chapter 2 was from the tribe of Asher. In verses 32 through 39, the boundaries for the tribe of Naphtali are given. Verse 32, the sixth lot came out to the children of Naphtali for the children of Naphtali according to their families. You will notice from your Bible maps that Naphtali included the west side of the Sea of Galilee, where so much of our Lord's earthly ministry took place. And this certainly was predicted in Isaiah chapter 9. And then in verses 40 through 48, we have the description of the final territory, which was given to the tribe of Dan. Verse 40, the seventh lot came out for the tribe of the children of Dan, according to their families. Let's also read verse 47. And the border of the children of Dan went beyond these, because the children of Dan went up to fight against Leshem and took it. And they struck it with the edge of the sword, took possession of it, and dwelt in it. They called Leshem Dan after the name of Dan their father. Now, the details of this migration of part of the tribe of Dan to the far north are given in Judges chapter 18. This explains, then, why the length of the land of Israel is often said to be from Dan to Beersheba. Now, let's read about Joshua's portion of the land in verses 49 through 51. When they had made an end of dividing the land as an inheritance according to their borders, the children of Israel gave an inheritance among them to Joshua the son of Nun. According to the word of the Lord, they gave him the city which he asked for, Timnath-Serah, in the mountains of Ephraim. And he built the city and dwelt in it. 
These were the inheritances which Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel divided as an inheritance by Lot in Shiloh before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So they made an end of dividing the country. Now just before we move to our doctrinal and teaching points for this chapter, let's take a couple more background notes besides the ones I already gave you. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 and 11, we read, So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of all good things which you did not fill, hewn out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. So here in Joshua chapter 19, we see the fulfillment of that prophecy. All the cities and villages that are mentioned here in Joshua 19 that we didn't read were given to Israel. In other words, they did not destroy them. They took them over and lived in them. God gave these cities to Israel as gifts. There were only three cities really burned in the conquest, Jericho, Ai, and Hetzor. Well, a lot more we can say on the background, but we need to move on now to our doctrinal teaching points for Joshua chapter 19. Doctrinal or teaching point number one. Every believer has a portion in the land. Every believer has a portion in the land. The physical land in the book of Joshua that God gave his people represents the spiritual land that God has given us. The spiritual land is the realm of spiritual realities. This is where our spiritual blessings are. And this is also where our spiritual battles are, as we see in the book of Ephesians. Our spiritual gifts and function in the body of Christ are also part of that land. Now do you see the doctrinal point? Every believer has a portion in the land. This lesson is written all over the book of Joshua. Just as God sovereignly divided the land portions among the different tribes here in the book of Joshua, so God sovereignly distributes the different spiritual gifts and ministries among his people today, right down to individual believers. Listen to the words of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Notice the emphasis on each one. And verse 11, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Again, the emphasis on each one. Every believer has a portion in the land. In reference to spiritual gifts, we read in 1 Peter 4.10, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Notice once again, as each one has received a gift. Every believer has a portion in the land. Notice here in Joshua 19 how the emphasis is on families. Verse 16, This was the inheritance of the children of Zebulun, according to their families. Verse 23, this was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Issachar, according to their families. Verse 31, this was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Asher, according to their families. 
Verse 39, this was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Naphtali according to their families. And verse 48, this is the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Dan according to their families. In other words, the land was not just divided up by tribes. It was divided up and distributed to individual families. The individual families didn't fight for it or vote for it or just grab what they wanted. No, it was sovereignly given to them by God himself. You see the spiritual picture here, a lesson for us concerning the spiritual land that God has given us. God sovereignly divides and distributes his spiritual gifts and ministries and activities to individual believers. Every believer has a portion in the land. Doctrinal point number two. The Lord's portion is his people. The Lord's portion is his people. This is a quote from Deuteronomy 32, verse 9. And we see that truth taught right here in Joshua 19. In verses 49 and 50, Joshua is given an inheritance in the land. Timnath Sarah, meaning an abundant portion. Throughout the book of Joshua, Joshua himself is a picture or type of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, the name Joshua in Hebrew is the equivalent of Jesus in Greek. As Moses is a picture or type of Christ redeeming his people out of the world of sin and slavery, so Joshua is a picture of the resurrected Christ leading his people into the land of spiritual blessings. In Ephesians chapter 1, we have a list of all of our spiritual blessings in Christ in the spiritual land that God has given us. This spiritual land is called the heavenlies. It's the realm of spiritual realities, unseen but real. Now note Ephesians 1 verse 18. That you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. His inheritance in the saints. In other words, believers are considered the Lord's inheritance. As the body of Christ, we will enhance the Lord's glory forever. Thus, we are considered the Lord's inheritance. We not only have an inheritance in the spiritual land, Ephesians 1.14, but we ourselves are the Lord's inheritance, as we see here in Ephesians 1.18. The Lord's portion is his people. In that sense, then, we ourselves are part of the spiritual land. Now, I think we see that truth pictured here in Joshua chapter 19. As Joshua himself received a city of his own people as his inheritance in the central part of the land. There, Joshua built and dwelt in the midst of his people. A beautiful picture, I think, of our doctrinal point. The Lord's portion is his people. In John 17, our Lord prayed to the Father. Father, I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. What a blessed truth. The Lord's portion is his people. Practical application for Joshua chapter 19. Let's set the example like Joshua. Let's set the example like Joshua. Now, you might think that Joshua chose for himself the best of the land. After all, as the great leader and victorious military general, he deserved it. 
I mean, what do you think our present political leaders would have done in a situation like this? But Joshua did not choose the best of the land for himself. In fact, he made a very modest request. And it looks like he may have chosen a bleak and rocky hillside that others probably rejected. I'm reading Joshua chapter 24 and verse 30, where we have the death of Joshua. And they buried Joshua within the border of his inheritance at Timnath Sarah, which is in the mountains of Ephraim, on the north side of Mount Gaish. Not the most fertile area. But you see, Joshua chose selflessly as a great example for others to follow, including us. And Joshua wanted to settle in the midst of his people as a continuing example. All the way through his life, Joshua was a godly model, a man of noble spirit who practiced self-denial. As you know, he was one of the faithful spies along with Caleb. And listen to what we read of Joshua in his younger days in Exodus 33, verse 11. And Moses would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. What a testimony to young Joshua. Joshua was a godly and spiritual and selfless leader all his life. No wonder God used him. What a wonderful type of Christ. What a great model to pattern our lives after and help others. Let's set the example like Joshua.